right, man. If you're happy to be in church today, come on, let me hear you for a minute. <laughs> Praise God. Man, I'm happy to be in church, and I am so glad that you are here. As I said just a moment ago, if you're a visitor today, fill out the connection card, drop it in the box or a bucket, and um, we will stock you for life. Just kidding. Come on, man, lighten up a little bit. What's the matter with you guys? Come to life today. It's going to be a great day. Amen? You excited to be in church today? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I have to have engagement. If I don't have engagement, I, I mean, I go back home, I go to bed, I, li I literally pull the covers over my head, and I'm like, honey, I had no engagement. I did, they didn't talk. They didn't respond. Thank you. Thank you very much. I need it. All right, so hey, welcome to Mind Monsters. Welcome to week one of this five-week series. And I'm so excited about this series. I'm so excited about where it's going to be going. I'll go ahead and tell you on the front, and I'll give the commercial on the front, Everything, my, my entire series is really like based on several principles. I'm not saying I literally, they don't have the sermons in here, but all of my principles are based on this book, Winning the War in Your Mind by Pastor Craig Rochelle. So if you want that, if you need information on that, reach out to me and I'll send you um, a link or I'll get you more information on that. But here's a key thought uh, to the message. It's actually probably a key thought to the entire series, and it's this. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. If you're taking notes, I think there's a, there, there's a, a worship guide that has that fill in the blank there. Our lives are always moving. I think we have it on the screen. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Okay, so you are who you are as a result of your strongest thoughts. Like the person you are today you're the person you are today because of where your strongest thoughts got you to today. Some of those thoughts came from weeks ago. Some of those thoughts came from years ago. Some of those thoughts got you to church today just minutes ago because you almost thought about going to Publix instead of church. You said, you know what? We really need to get some more groceries. But your strongest thought said, you know what? No, we need to go to church today. Amen? Thank you for not going to Publix today. So in 10 years, we're going to look each other in the mirror. You'll, we'll, we'll each look in the mirror, and someone will stare back. And that person that's looking back at you in the mirror is the person that is shaped by the thoughts of today. You understand what I'm saying? Like literally, you're looking in the mirror 10 years from now, and the, who, the person you are physically, spiritually, mentally, uh, you know, successfully, you're the person that you will be because of who you think you are today. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, it wasn't very engaging, but I'm going to believe that you got it. All right. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. I think this way, and that's who I become. This is the person that I am. So do you like the direction that your thoughts are taking you? Do you like the thoughts that you're having in the direction that your thoughts are taking you. If not, I'm not telling you to change your direction because that's external. I'm telling you to change your thinking, internal. Changing your direction is, is, is you know, working on certain things and, and cutting the calories and, and uh, saving the few dollars on this and, and, and stopping, you know, going to Starbucks five times a week and going four times a week. It's all of the external things. It's changing the direction. Instead, I'm telling you to change your thoughts. I'm telling you to change the way that you think. Okay? Everybody with me? 
We live in a crazy time, 2021, and there's this thing going on right now, and it's been going on for about 20 months. It's called a pandemic. Anybody know about it? I know real well about it, obviously, and I'm not making light of it. You know my father just passed away of COVID, but it's a crazy, crazy time. It's a crazy season. And I, uh, I, I sometimes try to, to, like, go off on stuff. You know, I'm watching the news, or I, I scroll on something, and I see something, and, and, or, or I just I see something in, the, you know, in public, and it, it just makes me get, like, frustrated or upset. I get fired up a little bit. You guys may not know it. You know the pastor side of me, the pulpit side of me, but there's people that know the, the other side of me, and that's where, you know, check your circle. Last week's series is important. Make sure you have people that know you, know the real you, everything about you, but especially my wife, she knows the real Trevor. And you know what the real Trevor sometimes does? He gets all wrapped up in, ah, look what's happening. Or did you hear about this? Or do you know what's going on there? And sometimes my wife and I play off of each other and we feed each other and that fuel starts getting uglier and uglier until we're just like, ah, I hate this. But you know what I've been doing over the last few weeks? I've been saying, oh, I stopped myself right before I get to that place. I say, that's stinking thinking. That's my, that's my new motto. Whenever I do start going that, that road, I'm like, oh, stinking thinking. I'm not going there. Because guess what? Every time I've done it, it's never helped me. It's never been like, wow, look what happened. Or look what a leader did. Or look what somebody did in the news. And it just made me really like happy. It makes me miserable. And it just makes me go down this spiral of mess and frustration. It's stinking thinking. And I don't want it, and I don't want it for you. I'm wanting you guys to overcome this. You see, when I was a kid, I used to be scared of the monster under my bed. This is my, my bedroom, my, my made-up bedroom. And I, I used to be scared of the monster under my bed. And so every time it was time for bed, I, I, I'll just, you know, be open and upfront with you. I, I, I was scared to death of the monster under the bed. So I had this practice, you know, in my, my younger years, six, seven years old, uh, 16, 17 years old. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, th- that monster was under the bed. And so when it was time to go to bed, this is mom and dad's room right here. So I give mom a kiss and I say goodnight to mom and dad. And, and we prayed together and done all of that. And I'm like, okay, goodnight, mom. Goodnight, dad. And, and so I'm just kind of like, oh, I got to go to my room. I got to go to my bed. And there's a monster under my bed. So I would do this number right here. And I take off. And, and oh, by the way. The monster can't come out from under the bed. And the monster has like about a 20-inch wingspan, so he can only reach that far. So as long as I could like literally jump the gap. Good night, Mom. Good night, Dad. Love you guys. I almost fell off the bed. And if I did that, if I did that, then I was safe. I mean, I would really quickly pull the covers up, and I would, you know, get over the covers because the monster also can't get under my covers. But... As long as I did not get within about the 20-inch gap, the wingspan, if I could clear that, I'm good. The monster under my bed couldn't get me. How many of you know I figured out that there wasn't a monster under my bed? But I found a monster in my head. There was a monster. It just wasn't under my bed. The monster was in my head. And he continued to tell me that there was a monster under my bed. That monster was fear. For the next five weeks, we're doing a series on mind monsters. 
We're going to be talking about some of these mind monsters. And a key verse for the series would be Philippians chapter 4. Uh, man, if I give you context to this, I could go on and on about this. But the context of this, Philippians 4, Paul's in prison and he's saying these kind of things. And he's like, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is pure and right, whatever is, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. Not stinking thinking. Think about pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. In just those two verses, you see, you see three things that happen. You see, first of all, belief. You see this, this, this believing in and thinking about certain things. Truth. Nobility, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Think about these things. And, and once you think about them, and then he says, put them into practice. Whatever you've learned or received from me, put it into practice. So there's a, there's a thought, then there's an action, and then there's an experience. The last part of the verse is the experience. And the God of peace will be with you. God bless you. Go in his peace. You're, I'm just kidding. You guys are like, serious? But seriously, that's enough. That's what you need to know. Like whatever, like here's how we get through these mind monsters. This is how we identify the monsters in our head. Uh, and this is how we overcome the monsters in our head is to think about pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Think about these things. Put them into practice and the God of peace will be with you. There are several mind monsters. And I, I, it wouldn't be a five-week series. It would be about a 14-week series or more to go through each and every mind monster. The monsters of fear. Depression, anxiety, anger, worry, stress, guilt, condemnation, mistrust, doubt, temptation, feelings of failure. All of these are mind monsters that constantly attack us. I think next week we are going to focus in on one of them. But for the most part, this series is not about just any one principle. I mean, any one fear, any one monster. Uh, for the next several weeks, we're going to focus on the principles to help us win the war against the monsters in our mind. So we're going to be talking about things like removing the lies to replace it with the truth. We're going to be talking about rewiring our brain to renew our mind. We're going to talk about reframing our view to restore our perspective. So where do we start today? In the opening to the series, where do we begin this message? We start with the enemy. We start with where it all comes from, the devil himself, the source of the problem is the devil. And I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but the devil is a liar. Did you know that? The devil is a liar. His greatest weapon, his greatest ammunition is the lie. He loves to lie. That's what he does. He's known as the deceiver because he's a lie conceiver. He conceives lies. In fact, he's known as the father of lies. So that's what he does. He has this seed that he plants inside of each and every single one of us. He conceives a lie into you, and that's how he deceives you. And all of a sudden, that lie becomes a, a stronghold in your life. It becomes something that's not just something that's like, oh, doesn't hurt me. Sticks and stones break my bones, words never hurt. Lie. That's a lie, too. No, that's, that, that's the worst. It's the worst, and he comes at you with that. Like, think back to creation. Think back to the Genesis account. Think to Adam and Eve. And 
perfect and paradise and dominion and name the animals and all the fruit and, and everything you want. But they vegetarians, I don't know. I, I would like to have some, you know, some protein. But anyway, it was a perfect life. And all of a sudden the snake rolls up. The serpent, you know, slithers in. And he does this lie conceiving, turning into deceiving. He's the father of lies. And he says things like, did God really say that? You're not going to be. This isn't bad. Like, really? Like, this is going to make you better. And he begins to deceive. Paul talks about that very passage in 2 Corinthians 11 when he says, but I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. It wasn't just what happened to poor Adam and Eve. It's what happens to poor me and you. He shows up, and just as he tries to deceive, just as he deceived Adam and Eve, he is trying by his cunning to deceive our minds so that we'll be led astray from our sincere and pure devotion Christ. Satan will whisper accusing statements and questions into our life. If, if you do something good and, and it, it was just, you know, humane and friendly and kind and just, just something that, that's worth uh, noting, you know what the, the serpent speaks into your ear? You're a good person. In fact, you're so good, you don't need God. Anybody ever had that conversation? Hey, are you, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. That's, that's the lie. If you ever hear somebody say, oh, I'm a good person, that's, they've been being deceived because how good are you? Really, come on. Like, think about it. Have you ever lied? Then you've broken the law of God. You're not good enough. But he lies to us and says, oh, you're good. You don't need God. Have you ever done something bad? Something you're embarrassed of, ashamed of, you wish you could take back and turn back. God will never forgive you. The deceiver begins to lie to you and tell you you are worthless. God hates you. You go on a date. Young people, maybe not young people, whoever you are, you go on a date. It's a good date. Wow. Man, I'm really interested in this person. The deceiver says, wow. Romance is going to fulfill you. This relationship is all you need. It's going to satisfy you. It's everything you need. And in fact, it might even be good to go to the next level just to kind of lock it in, just to kind of secure the relationship. He's a deceiver. But if it's a bad date, <laughs> he's going to say something else. Ah, oh, you! I can't believe you said that. Why did you do that? Like, it, it's your fault this thing all went bad. No one will ever love you. Like, you ruin that relationship, and there's not a single person on the planet that will ever want to be with you. He lies. He's a liar. That's what he does. You're fighting the monster of temptation, and it's this temptation to look at pornography, and the, the deceiver will plant the seed of, ah, everybody's doing that. No big deal. Uh, it's It's fine. It's not even a big deal. It's not even a sin against anybody else. It's just between you and and, and yourself, it's okay. But the minute you do it, you give into it, then he speaks into your ear and he says, Wow, you are sick. 
You're the only person sick enough to do that. You're garbage. You see that? Do you hear that? Do you sense what I'm talking about, what he does? It's not just about the external stuff. It's what he's doing inside of you, in your heart, in your mind. He's implanting these things. The attack goes beyond an external attack on your life. It's an attack from the inside. I have, this, uh, I have this rental property down in Homestead. It's part of the way, reason we were able to, to take steps to plant a church in West Kendall. And, and uh, my wife is able to stay at home because God has given us uh, opportunities to, to own and, and deal with a few rental properties that supplement our income. And uh, that's, how, that's how we, you know, part of how we support our family and live in Miami and do all the stuff that we do is, is because of this. But I'm also like my own handyman, which if you know me, that's really bad sometimes. Some of y'all are... <laughs> I know a couple people that are laughing at me right now. Uh, but I have this duplex down in Homestead, and the bathroom, bathrooms line up, you know, back to back. The bathtubs literally back to back, right next to each other. And a couple of years ago, I was constantly dealing with the bathtubs getting stopped up. So one bathtub would get backed up, and we would do everything we could to try to fix it. We'd take a plunger or a plumbing snake or a drain or Drano or different things that we had in our own arsenal, just the stuff we could, could get. And, and it would go down on one side. We could get it to go down, and the tenant was very happy. But then guess what would happen, like, a few minutes later? <laughs> the other tenant would be like, hey, it, 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 there's all kinds of stuff coming up out of my drain on my side. You want to see pictures of this? I, I'm just kidding. I didn't put it. It's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, but I don't have pictures. It, it's the worst thing ever. And we would call plumbers and, and we would try to, to get like professional help. And they would get on the roof and they would run their huge commercial plumbing snakes down. And, and uh, they would do everything. We'd put acid down the pipe. Everything you could possibly do to break free this like this clogged drain in between the two bathrooms, the only two bathrooms in, in the house. It, it stopped it up, and, and, and we were in trouble for, for two households, two families. And nothing worked. Anytime my phone would ring, especially on a Saturday evening at about 7 p.m., God's trying to implant a sermon in my head and do all of the stuff that I need to do to get ready for Sunday. And all of a sudden, my phone rings, and the caller ID is this tenant, and I'm like, oh. I know exactly what she's calling about. My blood pressure starts spiking and the enemy's beginning to like, you know, attack me with this thing. And what do I have to do? I have to deal with this messed up bathtub. None of the temporary fixes were going to do it. You see, we identified the problem. And the problem was there was a 60-year-old cast iron pipe that was... uh, full of grease. Some of it was 60-year-old grease and calcium built up. I'm not blaming the current tenants. I mean, I think maybe some of it was their neglect, but a lot of it you could tell was like fossilized, you know. I think it was like dinosaur grease or something like that. <laughs> but but uh, water and soap and, you know, sewage, it just could not go through it. That's enough of that. I won't talk too much more about that. <laughs> and and uh, Literally, when the plumber, the professional, would come down the pipe and and break into the clog or what he thought would break into the clog so that it would go down, what we found out he was actually doing was cracking the pipe. So the water was not actually going out, out into the septic where it's supposed to go. You know what the water was doing? It was just going under the house. Wow. This is bad, right? Really bad. The good news is we identified the problem. The good news is, is we figured out what was going on. 
But we also figured out that the stuff that we were trying to do was just not going to work. Like, Drano is not going to solve this problem. A plunger is not going to solve this problem. Even the plumber and a, a, a big old snake is not going to solve this problem. It was going to require something else. It was going to require a full demolition of the bathroom. It was going to require taking out the wall, digging, breaking out the wall, digging into the foundation, and removing the old 60-year-old cast iron pipe and going back in with brand new 4-inch PVC. That's the only thing that was going to work. So that's what we did. We bit the bullet. We spent the money. We went through the headache. We dealt with the, you know, the tenants being out of their house for a couple of days and everything that had to be done. But guess what I don't get on Saturday night at about 7.30 at night anymore? I don't get those calls anymore. Literally, I was taking those calls for a, a, a good year, and it was getting progressively worse. And now I don't get them at all. The thing is, is we got rid of the problem. We identified the problem. We demolished it, and we put it back with something new. I tell you that story because the first principle in your mind monster, in the mind monster series, is the replacement principle. That you got to take out the old and you got to replace it with the new. You have to remove the old and you have to put in the new. The lies we believe and base our lives upon are called strongholds. That clogged pipe is a stronghold. Here's what 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. The weapons that we fight with, Paul is saying... They have the divine power to demolish strongholds, the weapons that we fight with. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we stop with the old, we identify the problem, we demolish it, we take captive the thoughts, and we make them obedient to Christ by thinking on the lovely, the pure the admirable, the noteworthy, all of these things that we have to do. This is called the replacement principle. You see, in ancient times, a stronghold was this building built on the top, top of the highest peak in the city. The walls of the stronghold were, were as much as 20 feet thick. And so in a battle, this is where the political leaders were hidden so that they wouldn't be captured or killed over time, after battles, I mean, the leaders would become more and more fearful of, of the, uh, you know, uh, enemy uh, uh, armies. And so what they would do is they would continue to build their stronghold, fortify their stronghold. And so what started out as a two feet thick wall would go to a three feet thick wall, to a five foot thick wall, to a 20 foot thick wall. There were literally strongholds for some of these, uh, these people that would be protected inside of a 20-foot thick stronghold. So no matter what weapons you brought against them, it was a fortress, and you could not defeat or demolish the strongholds. Why do I tell you that? Because these strongholds are the places where lies try to lead us and overpower us to believe that we're not good enough, that no one likes us, that we'll never measure up and more lies just like that. So if you're in a war, stop just fighting it with 
external attacks. You have to demolish the stronghold. You have to take out the enemy stronghold. How do you do that? Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 1, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. I'm, I'm telling you this because I want you to understand how powerful this power is. It's the power that is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. The only way you're going to be able to demolish a stronghold is not by thinking good, not by just trying harder, but by with the power, the resurrection power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, it's the same power that can overcome the strongholds in your life. Paul compares the lies we believe to the strongholds in our life that have been reinforced over and over to become thicker and thicker. It may have started out when you were just a kid. Your dad may have said, oh, you're just a, a, a piece of nothing, a piece of garbage. Or, or uh, you know, I, there was a guy that, that I knew many years ago, and his father thought it was funny to call him a fat A. And guess what? That guy remained obese his entire life. His dad thought it was funny. Hey, little, look at little fat beep. It was a stronghold, and it reinforced and reinforced. And the guy, the guy never even had a relationship with his dad. And in his adult years, never had a relationship with his dad. But those words were a stronghold, and he could not demolish it. To this day, it's destroyed his life. I don't know what your lie is. I don't know what the thing is that's inside of you that has been spoken to you or you've allowed the deceiver to speak to you, but it's a lie and you cannot allow that in your life anymore. Think about the things in your life that you've tried and you've failed at. It may be your New Year's resolutions year after year after year and just year after year after year. It's like pouring Drano down a, a drain that's not going to come out with Drano. It's just not going to work. Or, or starting a new business and being told, you know, you can't get the loan or you're not going to get the deal or whatever the case. And year after year, time after time, feeling like a failure or losing weight. Fad diet after fad diet and trying to get this thing done by, you know, uh, working out a little three-week plan to drop five pounds. But then after three weeks, you gain ten. It's because you didn't demolish the stronghold. Saving money. You know, I, I, if we would just, you know, stop drinking Starbucks five times a week and we drink it four times a week, then we're going to be on track. No, it's, it's not about the Starbucks at all. It's about the mindset. It's about the mentality of what you're doing and why you're doing it. What you need to do and how you need to train your money and tell your money where to go. You could do it for a little while. All of these things you could do for a little while. But a few weeks in, maybe even a few months in, Something happens, and you fall back into the old pattern. Why? You didn't demolish the stronghold. See, you have to identify the lie. Demolishing the stronghold, and, and demolish the stronghold, and the only way you demolish the stronghold is by replacing it with the truth. Not just going in and trying to clean it out with the plumbing snake, but literally breaking down the wall, digging up the foundation, and putting the brand new pipe 
where that old broken pipe was. You have to go against what feels natural is what I'm saying. Here's, here's the natural. Here's the self-help way of doing this. And I'm going to invite Kat to come on back. The, 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 the natural is, is I, I got this. I'm independent. I'm, I, I can make this happen. I'm self-reliant. I, I, you know, I'll pull myself up by my bootstraps. I can do this. I can make it happen. And in the natural, like I said, for a season, you'll be able to make it happen. But then the stronghold and the enemy comes back and he comes back stronger and he comes back more powerful and he tells you even worse how bad you are, how inadequate you are. And he begins to speak into your life. So I'm telling you not to work in the natural, but to work in the supernatural. Amen? I'm telling you to work in the supernatural. In other words, admit that you cannot do this on your own. That it, this is supernatural. This is like, don't get all freaked out by the word supernatural. Some of y'all just like cringed up all this. Oh man, what's he fixing to do? No, I'm just saying like beyond yourself, beyond I can do this all by myself, I need somebody that's stronger than me. I need some resurrection power. Amen? Come on, let's give God praise. Wake up. Wake up. If I do it on my own, I'll be back here in three weeks. Before the series is even over, I might as well not come back for weeks four and five because it's already over before it happened. I just broke my pack. I don't know what happened. Hopefully it'll stay there. We need, we need the supernatural to help us. I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying uh, we can't do it on our own, so just give up. Just give up. I'm not saying that. Like That's, that's not what I'm saying is just to give up. Instead of saying give up, here's what I am saying. I'm saying to look up. Amen? I'm saying to look up. My dad uh, uh, served with a, a guy. In fact, um, he came down because my dad called him and, and asked him to come back in the 80s to plant a church in Merritt Island, Florida. And we lived in Merritt Island in the mid-80s. And, and uh, this guy, my dad called him to, to be the pastor of this church. My dad oversaw like I don't know, uh, a district of churches. And he called this guy and said, hey, I want you to come and plant this church. And this is a church that I went to when I was a little kid. And this was a young pastor. His name is Mike Williams. And, and just in, in recent days, if you didn't know, my dad just passed away. Every time I say that, it messes with me. Ah, But uh, he wrote this letter to our family just in recent days. And uh, he said he signs his letters he signs his letters looking up. Sincerely, or no, it's not sincerely. His, his salutation is looking up, Mike Williams. And the reason he signs that is because of just a, a, a brief conversation that he had with my dad back in the, in the 80s, maybe in, in, in the 70s. And he He's like, you know, when, when things are really, really tough, you know where you got to look? Up. When you don't know where to turn, you know where you got to look? You know when you're lost, you know where you got to look? <laughs> you got it. Looking up. No matter what, no matter how hard things are, stop the stinking thinking and let's look up. Amen? Come on, let's give God praise. We got to believe. 
God has something in store for us. And he has a purpose for our life. And as we look ahead and we look up, we believe that, God, I can't do this on my own. I'm going to be who I am today. I mean, in 10 years or in two years because of where I am today and my thoughts. And I'm looking up. I'm thinking up. I'm considering the plans you have for me, not the plans that I have for myself. Amen? So what's your lie? What's your lie? What's your clogged up bathtub pipe? What's the stronghold in your life that you've been listening to for far too long? What's the stronghold? You know, I have a, a in the book that, that I did, and it's got exercises throughout. And so, like, you're supposed to, like, read the chapter, and then you're supposed to uh, uh, identify the lies. And so I wrote some of my lies. Some of my lies are as follows. I believe I'm not enough. I believe I will always fail. I believe people don't like me. I believe others are better than me. Uh, these were the lies that I've dealt with. These are the lies of the devil that he's been telling me for years. And I know you're like, but you're a pastor, and a lot of people like you. All right, but there's also a lot of people that don't like me. And there's a lot of people that I've, over the years in ministry, it's just part of life. You just, some people, they leave the church, or they get mad because you said something or did something. And so, oftentimes, it was like the, it was like a, a scale, and I would just listen to more of the, the lie, right? And it, the, 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 the bad would outweigh the good. And so that was my lie. I believe I will always fail. This is one of them. And, and here is what I'm doing as I demolish the, the stronghold. This is the exercise, and we'll talk about this in the weeks ahead as well. But in the replacement principle, the lie is I believe I will always fail. The truth is no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Amen. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus my Lord. I don't know about you, but there's a lie in your life. Let's identify it. Let's demolish it and let's replace it with the truth of God's word. Amen. Stand with me. We're going to sing. This is a time for you to just work this out in your own heart and your own life. And then I'll come back and I'll close this message out. God in heaven, bow your heads with me. God in heaven, we come before you and we just say thank you. Thank you so much for what you're doing in my life. Thank you, God, for the replacement principle. And thank you for the truth of your word that is helping me to see that I am more than enough, that I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. God, you are so good. And even when I'm down, I'm looking up. God, even when things are hard, I'm looking up. When I'm lost, I'm looking up, and I put my trust in you. It's not in my own strength or my own ability or my own academics or my own skills, my own training or my own experience. God, it's not even in my own thinking. It's in my trust in you. I need you, oh God. We trust you. We love you. We thank you for this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing together.
Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. Let's believe that today. How many of you know this is it's simple stuff, man? Identify the lie, demolish this stronghold, and replace it with the truth. Today's the day, not tomorrow, next week, not next time, like right here, right now. Don't stop, don't wait, don't give it another week of living in the lie. That's stupid. That's what I was doing on that rental property. I was like, let me get a little more Drano. Let me just pour a little bit more Drano. And all I would do is create the problem for the next guy. It's a problem on a problem on a problem on a problem. I'm done with it. Amen? Come on. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. You are crazy if you leave here the same. If you know a lie and you don't demolish it with the truth, believing that God is greater, that in Him you can do all things, if you don't leave here different than you came, then you are crazy. I hope you're not. I pray you're not. I pray you do something about this today. Amen? We're going to pray over this, and, and uh, then we're going to pray even uh, for some people that are going to make a decision. I need to bring the house lights up just a little bit so that I can... I can talk to some people today. Not You don't have to bring them up really light, but I just want to be able to. That's perfect. Thank you. So I just want to be able to talk to you guys for just a minute. I want to talk to you. Those of you that have never made a decision, you know Renew Church, we're always about helping people take next steps. We want to help you take your next step with Jesus. Maybe you haven't taken that step. Maybe you took a step many years ago or months ago, but you've just fallen back into old patterns and an old lifestyle. We want to help you to, to uh, realize who you are in Christ. If you're in Christ, we believe what Scripture says, you are a new creation in Christ. Maybe you're thinking today, you're like, yeah, but I'm worthless. I'm worthless. I, you know, I, what value do I bring to this world? Let me just tell you how value works, right? Let me tell you how value works. Value is based on what someone's willing to give for you. So for, for something, right? So for example, uh, a house right here in this community is worth, worth a certain amount. And it's because somebody's willing to pay that amount. If it's the same house, but it's right on the ocean on South Beach, guess what? Somebody's willing to pay a lot more for it on South Beach than they are right here. It's because that's what they're willing to pay for it. The car that I drive, it has four tires on it. It's not worth as much as the car that you can buy in uh, Brickell that, that you know has a better name on the front of it. And people pay $300,000. But you know why it's valuable like that? Because somebody's willing to pay that. Trevor, why are you telling me this? Because let me tell you what you're worth. Let me tell you what you're worth. The creator of the universe determines your worth. He determines your value, and this is how he determined it. He said, I'm willing to pay with my son. I'm willing to pay with his life for you. That's how valuable you are. Amen? That's how important you are. That's how significant you are. And we want you to know it. We want you to experience it maybe today is a brand new day for you. It's, it, maybe it's a recommitment to Jesus, whatever that thing is. Would you just pray with me right now? We're going to pray. We're going to ask God to, to uh, help us to demolish some strongholds. We're also going to pray this prayer of salvation, just asking Jesus to come and forgive and transform and become our Lord and our Savior. Pray with me. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, I just, I give you today. I thank you for this day. I thank you for all the things that you're doing for us. God, I thank you for uh, just helping us to identify some lies in our life. But not just to see them, but God, to uh, demolish them 
with your truth. God, I pray that your truth would come alive in us, that we would realize that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. God, that no matter what the world has been saying or what we've said on, on our own, God, that what you say is far greater. God, we look up to you. We admit we need you. We're desperate for you. God, do a work in these, your people. God, for the person in the room today that is uh, maybe needing to, to start with that first step in your walk, in their walk, God, just beginning that relationship, just that first baby step, God, it's, it's, it starts with just confession and repentance and turning your life over to him, giving it to him. And it starts with a simple prayer, a prayer like this, and you can pray it in your heart as I pray it out loud, and it just goes like this, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I know that I've sinned, I know that I've made mistakes in my past, and I pray that you would forgive me of my sin. Pray that you'd come into my life. I pray that you would be my Lord and my Savior. God, because Jesus died for me, from this day forward, I choose to live for him. And I thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Come on, let's give some people a round of applause today. Hey, if, if you made that prayer your prayer, if that wasn't just a prayer for the room, but if that was a personal decision for you, would you just really, really quickly, would you just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, I made that decision today to follow Jesus. I surrendered my life. I asked him to come into my life. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? If that's you today. Man, <laughs> everybody's good. All hearts are clear. Well, come on, let's give God praise then. Praise God. If you made a decision today that's in relation to breaking down strongholds, this isn't for our ushers or greeters or anybody, but if, if you made a decision today to break some strongholds today, would you lift your hand and say, Pastor, I did it today. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. Glory to God. He's doing a work in the hearts and the lives of our people, of his people. Let me pray with you. God, we just give you today. Again, thank you so much for the things that you're doing in us and through us. Help us, I pray. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite Deke to come on up. And, and as he does, let me just say this. If you are making a decision, even if you've recently made a decision on your way out this morning, if you need somebody to pray with you up front, we've got prayer ministry team leaders that will be up here at the end of the service. But we also have a next steps tent. You probably noticed it on your way in. We'd love to talk to you about taking your next step, getting you a new believer's New Testament, and helping you grow in your relationship with God. The reason why this Bible is a little bit different, it's, first of all, it's just the New Testament, doesn't have the entire scripture in it, but uh, it's a great start. And in fact, if you turn to page A11, it's a perfect start for a brand new believer. And we're giving these away to people that are making decisions. So stop by the tent if you want uh, to, to know where to begin in your relationship with God. Man, I'm so excited about what's coming up in the weeks ahead in my monster series. I pray that you'll invite some friends, some family, some people that are going to uh, be changed, that are going to be forever transformed. And they'll be able to look back 10 years from now and they'll say, because of the decisions they made and the thoughts they had today, they're different in 10 years. Amen? Awesome. Awesome. Come on up, Deke. Well, thank you, Pastor Trevor. What an, uh, an exciting sermon series. Uh, today was 
Man, how relatable was that? And I think, I think as the weeks go by, they're going to be more and more relatable. I mean, as a, as, a, as a man who grew up with many strongholds, and it was the accountability of my brothers and sisters in Christ that I was able to tear that down. Uh, I, love, I love how he says, the thoughts that we, are, we are, are having today, five years, ten years down the road, that's going to be us. That the outcomes of our thoughts today is going to be who we are in the tomorrows. And so uh, at Renew, we're always doing things, and, and we're, we're in our community, but, you know, we got we to gotta worry about our health, too. And, and if you're dealing with strongholds and, and, and you're dealing with things by yourself, you need to get in a community. You need to get in some small groups. And, and if you've got this, this sermon guide, then on the back, you've got the announcements, and on the announcements, is, is, is the top billing is, is small groups. And I would encourage you, you owe it to yourself can't do it alone you need to get into a small group get plugged in and and on the next step table outside we've got a list and it's like seven or eight small groups you can get plugged into and then next this Tuesday at 6 15 a.m. I know it's early but man we're gonna love on some frontline workers at South Miami Hospital so Pastor Trevor seen uh, he was there a few weeks ago and he and, and he noticed that at, at like 6 15 6 30 in the morning Man, just car after car of these doctors and nurses and, and frontliners are driving by. And he said, what an amazing thing would it be for our church, for new church, to come out and just love on some people, hold up some signs, and tell them how much we appreciate them. And so I know it's early, but what an amazing thing it could be to love on some people that are, you know they're wore out. You know they're tired. You know they got tough decisions to make every day, just like we do. But they still got a smile and love. And so how great would it be to have it return to them? And then also we're doing uh, a, Renew, a Renew Ladies Fellowship. It's doing an amazing thing. They're having a baby shower for this pregnancy center. And uh, they're encouraging you to bring uh, like a, a potluck dish and a, and a baby shower gift donation. And it's going to be October 9th from 2 to 4. What an incredible thing that is, huh? To love on some, some young ladies that, that probably are all by themselves, right? And, and, they, and they probably don't have much of anything. But what an amazing thing to love on them and show them, show them how much Jesus loves them and, and that they're not alone and maybe they can get plugged into a group and, and man, they just become part of the Renew family. And then we have Grove Trap. Don't forget, we do that second and third Sundays of every week. If you haven't been through that and, and you're like, man, you're on the fringe and you want to get plugged in and you want to be a part of something that's bigger than you, I, I would suggest, man, just, just asking Carlos or coming and see me and, and we'll get you plugged in, we'll get you through it, we'll find what your gifts are and we'll get you just doing what you can do so God can do what he does. We thank you guys for coming out. We love you as always. And, that's it. I wrote it down here, but <laughs> yes. So we uh, we do offering. There's three ways to give. You have the little envelope and uh, behind the, the chair, of course, you can fill out, stick it in, and drop it in the box or the bucket. And then we have uh, we have online. Go to the the website, and hit giving, and then of course the easiest way is uh, text. Uh, give to that number up there and then it'll reply to you and then it's so easy that's how I do it 
And so uh, with that, thank you. I give you thanks for your offering and, and your, uh, your tithe. But let me pray over it so God would just uh, utilize it and use it. So Father God, we just, we just thank you for uh, what you're doing here at Renew. I thank you for the hearts. What a blessing to show up here on Sundays and just be loved the way I am here, God. Not just by you, but by your children. What an amazing thing. God, so we lift up our offerings and our tithe to you, God. We, we pray that you would multiply them. Uh, when it comes to financing, I always talk about the Jesus factor. One in one equals whatever Jesus wants it to. So we ask for that right now in the name of Jesus. Just multiply it, God, so we can use it for you and be your hands and feet. And God, I pray for protection on each and every one here, God, uh, as they go through the week. God, when they get upset, when they get angry, when they're starting to feel alone, God, I would just ask that you would remind them with your Holy Spirit to look up. What a wonderful gift that is. God, we know every good and perfect gift comes from you. Be with us. We love you. Fill us up and then lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. You are excused. Go in his peace.